So I didn't, I probably did a little bit less preparation this time. <laughs> <laughs> last time you said you were doing the least because you didn't want to be too committed. Um, I know, but this time happened to coincide with the day that I downloaded Harry Potter years five through seven for the PS3. I don't know. I feel like we should. We both should have done more preparation overall for this. For the for the um, the morning snack part of it. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, like the little like it's it's early. It's a little snack. <laughs> Is that a thing? Or just make that up? I just made it up. <laughs> the morning snack. Yeah. Well, now it's called the morning snack. The <laughs> <laughs> morning snack. Have you heard Malcolmus's new album? Yeah. Really good. What did you think of it? I really like it. Although it's a little slow and a li- like it's emotional. It's sometimes. really emotional. Yeah. And, and sometimes it, that it, like I can't handle like depending on what mood I'm in, I can't handle like emotional music. Yeah. To me, it's just missing the thing that I love the most about his music, which is layers of guitars where every guitar has the perfect tone. It just... And there's that one song, Christian Man, has great guitar sounds in it. They have oh, like yeah. that Tenarwin guitar sound. Yeah, yeah, that like Molly uh, guitar yeah. sounds, yeah. Toreg or whatever they call it. Yeah, but those are people. The people. But other than other than that song, it's like very just, I don't know. I don't want to hear him play acoustic guitar. If you want to tie it into the dead, uh, his... Um, his uh, um, China Rider on Day of oh, the Dead, man. yeah, where he says trombone in a really funny way. But his, you can tell, <laughs> he does. You can tell that that guitar solo, no retakes, yeah, uh, one shot through, tons of mistakes. There's only one way you can say trombone, though. <laughs> you can trombone is a funny yeah. thing. But his guitar that he he clearly just was said we're gonna rip through it once and that's gonna be it, and he did. And the the albums of his where he stretches it out and like jams out a little bit are so good. But he just I don't think he I don't get why he won't do that in concert. What are you drinking tonight? Let's talk about that. People love to know what you're drinking. They do. Hmm. People are always asking me, what's called name drinking? <laughs> the Hopload Hazy from Startline <laughs> Brewing Company. I would never drink anything with the word load. <laughs> <laughs> the load. No, dude, the load stays at the bottom. It go. It, it all, the load sure? all sinks to the bottom and then you don't drink the bottom. It's not like a Genesee cream where you have to like drink through the cream. <laughs> the cream's at the top. The load is at the top on Genesee cream ale. <laughs> It's top loaded. <laughs> but you're saying your beer is bottom loaded. It's back loaded, yeah. Back loaded. Yeah. Okay. It's like a backhoe loaded from the back. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bands related to the dead, though, have you heard of this? I had heard of this band called Garcia Peoples. Have you heard of them? Nope. I know. And, and I was like, please let that not be a reference to Jerry. Mm-hmm. But then it is. Oh, no. Yeah. But the problem is, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> gonna like uh, some of it. Well, that's okay. It's better than having it be out there and also terrible, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. But the mm-hmm. name is so dumb. It's how stupid. You, how could you do that? 
Why did you do that? <laughs> Why did you do that, Karen? But the Garcia people's released this thing with this guy, um, Chris Forsyth, recently. And um, Forsyth? Yes. Is that what it is? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I would say it. But it's called the People's Motel Band, and uh, which is better than Garcia People's. And um, it's got one track that uh, goes for like 20 minutes. And it's... Wait, is it Peoples or Peebles? Like Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> Garcia Peebles. Is it Garcia Peebles? <laughs> it's Because that wouldn't be so bad. Like the humans. Yeah, no, oh, it's peoples. not. Yeah, it's not Peebles. Yeah, Peebles would be better. Um, yep. But... Uh, this really missed Chris, an opportunity there. Chris Forsyth guy or Forsyth um, with the Garcia Peoples uh, that just came out this past week uh, has this some really good stuff. It's cool. I'll send it to you. But um, yeah, they they are like heavily influenced by the dead. They don't always sound like the dead, but sometimes they do. And their most recent album is a lot cooler than their earlier stuff, which I think was just, I don't know. But that's the thing, right? Like the dead are kind of like cool now. But the thing is the cool, like for young, like hipsters, the cool dead is um, fucking dead and company. Right. Let me ask you a question, though, about that. Are the dead really cool right now? Or did somebody get a hold of those guys after Fare Thee Well and be like, like when they were all finally in a room together, they were like, you guys are giving up so much money by not merchandising? Because since Fare Thee Well, I am seeing the Grateful Dead stuff on absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. All, every third Instagram, every third Instagram ad I'm getting is like something branded with the Grateful Dead, and it's like, like official. It's it's not the people that are just ripping it off. Like these are like official, like the in ear monitors and the Sanook sandals and the, I mean, it's everything. But do you know about that? What's that thing called? Um, like online ceramics, I think it's called or something like that. None of it is like. Dead oh, yeah, branded, yeah, but it's all mean. and that that is like that's huge. I've seen, that. I've seen people like hipsters. When I that, first like, thought it was very. I thought it was very cool as it's a concept. All, well, yeah, it is. It's all um, like supposed to be lot merchandise sort of stuff, like you know, rip off lot right. stuff. And 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 but like it's very high concept. Yeah, but but it's but people are wearing it, like you know, famous people like Jonah Hill and like these hipster like young famous people are all into this dead stuff like i think it all of a sudden it's like this hipster thing well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna gatekeep the dead i think it's uh great if people listen to no no i think that's cool but i but but i i'm more upset about the fact that all this time before now it was so like it's such a joke to so many people that that always bothered me like that that the, the dead fans are necessarily a joke or the, and then and, and i understand the dead fans being a joke but that translated to the dead like the, the everyone assumes the dead were the same way that their fans were like these right burnt fans out. of anything are the worst like look at any, any like read any story just about football fans or baseball fans red sox fans cub oh fans God. i mean every yeah like every fan of everything sucks but for some reason like because you know, Red Sox fans, some people hate Red Sox fans, but they don't like hate the Red Sox because of it. But for some reason, the dead fan base has, um, yeah, you're right. It tainted the band in a way that's very strange. Fans are stupid. Fish fans are stupid. Every, all fans are stupid. Yeah, they're, they're the, the worst. worst. <laughs> we should do a podcast where we pretend to be Grateful <laughs> Dead fans. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a sports fan of the Buffalo sports teams, and yeah, like the Bills fans, the Bills mafia. That drives me nuts. I hate are that. Those shit. are guys that are always like jumping off yeah, onto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are they doing that? But I, I don't because it because one guy probably did it, and it got on the fucking news or something, and all of a sudden it became a thing. It's very weird that he would uh, that people want to jump on those tables and crash them. Like they, that's like, the thing light they them they on do? fire and then they jump and on jump them. on them. Yeah. It doesn't, I, just doesn't seem smart. No, but uh, but I think that's but the, the dead. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but the dead were victims. Were they the victim or the crime? <laughs> that's the type of joke you can expect around here. Like the the Red Sox or even the Bills. Like, do people care about the Bills, the team that much? You do, like, I don't think the Bills fans. People don't assume that the players on the Bills are the same as their fans. Like, all the players are jumping on tables. Like, that's not the case. But I think that people assume the dead were like their fans, and that's why their fans were are like they are. But I, I think I think they, first of all, people are giving the fans a bad rap, and then the. I don't think they're as bad as people think they are. And then they assume that the, 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 the fans are that way because the band was like that. Right. Maybe like wavy gravy was like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I guess maybe there is some truth to it because the grateful dead were a family with their fans in a way that a lot of other bands today is just functionally couldn't be. And so Maybe it is, maybe there is some fairness in, um, you know, combining the two in a way that maybe you wouldn't with some other. But I don't think people even know that enough. I think, you know what I mean? Like, I, I hear what you're saying, but like, I think that's true. And I think that the band is really awesome in that way. But I think none of that has anything to do with the perception of people that are not fans or people that are fans and the band. I mean, I like the band. Yeah, you know, they're good. <laughs> you want to hear some of them? Let's do it. Ready? Maybe. Here we go. Bobby High in the Mix. Phil dropping bombs. Oregon. We <laughs> need to have like a, a keyboard corner section after. <laughs> <laughs> Harmonies are a little rough, but that was always... The harmonies can be hit or miss, but for some reason, from a quality standpoint, but for some reason, I always love them. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, because 
killed it a lot of the harmonies, especially the higher right. harmonies. In the early years. Yeah, especially the And early Donna years. took over and then yeah. Brent took over. And then when you hear Phil sing by himself, you're like, oh no, so he's live. Yeah, no, he should never sing. <laughs> <laughs> but Phil sing. For me, this right. song is all about that, like, I mean, I guess we'll get into it eventually, but that, 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 that guitar part, you know, that, that's, that's the whole groove. Yeah, it's a it's a a great rhythm. It gets you moving immediately. Gets the crowd going. Yeah, great way to open a show. Yeah, it is a good way to open a show. The lyrics are great. We'll talk about the lyrics a little bit, but they're so good. I'm not a big lyrics person. I'm all mostly about the instrumentals. Uh, not, I mean, or the, even when they are singing, the instruments that are happening. So I don't really always pay attention to all the lyrics that carefully. You know? test me, test me, test me, test this one I know. Why don't you arrest me? I don't know. Throw me into the jailhouse until the sun goes down. Also, not a huge jam vehicle. No, not a big jam vehicle for the most part, but great solos. Um, but also great opportunities in between each verse for Jerry to play those little licks that are just so good to listen to. They're always different, always fun. Here we go. This is 71. Ah, so close. Yeah, feels great. Phil's counterpoint really makes this for me. Everybody's going down, he's going up, they're going up, he's going down. It's just, it's just so interesting the way he comes at these songs. But he's really bouncy. He's really bouncy on here. Too. Yep. Yeah, and it just gets you bouncing. Yeah. But he's not always bouncy. He's not like a bouncy nope. bass player. He's just on this song, he's bouncy. Yeah, it's the perfect way to play it. Yep. Of course, that early Jerry voice, just so nice. Look at that, a little bit of that warble. Not quite like it, like the 67 we heard last time, but. Yeah, but still that higher register. Higher register, yep, for sure. And it's always a wonder how, how many times will they do it anymore? You never know. Short, 
and sweet. Yep. Rip it out. Just rip one. So, of course, the song is Bertha, which is just, if I'm, for me, Bertha is one of those songs where if I'm checking out a tape, if I'm on archive.org, like, trying to find like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just find one from today's date, whatever year it is. And if there's a Bertha on there, I pulled the Bertha up. You said the same thing about the last song though. What do you mean? You can't say it's about all of them. You said that about uh morning dude. I said that I use it to test out a show. If I'm not sure if I want to listen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You can do this for all of them. Take, well, just go back and take that other part out because for Bertha, it's real. <laughs> I love Bertha. Bertha is my go-to. I know you do. I love Bertha. It's a great song. I tried to get code names to to name our UTV Bertha because I thought it would be a great name. Um, I just love it. I love the song. Yeah. Um, so that version was four twenty-seven seventy-one. So that is from. I'm at almost 72. No. It's like right next no, to it. No, it's actually very different from 72, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> no. Because number one, there's no Keith on that song. Keith had not yeah. joined the band yet. Yeah, yeah, I know. But that, that you think you think that the keep. I mean, we'll get to this in keyboard corner, but <laughs> <laughs> we will. We'll get to keyboard corner. Uh, well, let's save it for keyboard corner. Fuck it. Okay, I'm gonna save it. That's gonna be out. So end. that song four twenty seven seventy one one drummer. Okay, Mickey had already left, and that was during the. Uh, that was you know April. What? Why don't you just stop throwing it in my face? That I was wrong about seventy two. I get it. I was fucking wrong. Okay, was you were. So that was part of a five night stand, I believe, at the Fillmore East in New York City in April. The last time they ever played the Fillmore East. Have you been to that place? Um, Does it even exist? I, I doubt it. I don't know. I've never been there. I've been to the Fillmore West. Super cool. Is it the real? Is it real, or did they just sell the trademark? Like, is it the actual, the still the same building? It's real and it's cool. The they have like all <laughs> it's the real and it's spectacular. <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> um, they have the posters from all the shows all around the walls and stuff. Super. Oh, then cool. it's real. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, I tried to figure out what guitar Jerry was playing on that one because it sounded more it jangly. It sounded jangly, but it didn't quite sound chimey like a strat. And I'm so I mean, it, it, sometimes I thought it could be a strat. Yeah, but I would have guessed a strat. I saw some other things online that said that during maybe April and May of '71, Jerry was playing a weird alembic project guitar that looked oh. it was very strange looking. Uh, I saw a picture of it online, so it could have been that one too. Um, I'm not yeah. sure. So, Bertha. Yeah. This this is not surprising that it only took us two shows to get to a Garcia Hunter um, collaboration. Yeah. This is, of course, lyrics by Robert Hunter, and they're just so good. Um, I'm going to take you through some of them here. I love that. Um, just that wordplay. He's, he's, I got, I had a hard run running from your window. I was all night running, running, running. I wonder if you care. I had a run in, run around and a run down, run around a corner, run smack into a tree. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know what? The, 
that's like when you say it out, when you just read it, you're like, that's that's like a lot of the same word over and over again. But mm-hmm. when he sings it, it just it it like you don't think that. Like when you when he sings it compared to when you say it, it just doesn't sound the same. Right. Right. All right, chorus. I had to move. Really had to move. That's why, if you please. I'm on my bended knees. Bertha, don't you come around here anymore. Which, And that's another thing I really like about this song, which is like every other rock song is some guy like pleading for a woman's attention. Yeah. And there's like, this is just so classic, like just putting everything on its head. And it's yep. like telling, don't come around here. Um. And I think that the the analogy, like there's a uh, duality where he's talking about a physical thing as well as an emotional thing, right? Like he's he's like physically doing all that stuff, but then emotionally having the same experience as the physical analogy. Right. Yeah. No, but but the emotion is not like I felt like this or I loved you or I. No, he doesn't I, say I, it. Like, there's none of that. It's all right. show, don't tell. Well, it's all it's all the physical analogy, and you have to assume that the same thing's happening emotionally. Right, right. And then the last verse, I skipped one, but the last verse ran into a rainstorm, which is a great, just a great use of just consonants and vowels. It just flows. Ran into a rainstorm. I love that. Ducked into a bar door. Yeah. Um. It was all night pouring, pouring rain, but not a drop on me. And then this famous line, test me, test me. Why don't you arrest me? Throw right. me in the jailhouse until the sun goes down, until it goes down. Now, what what any of that has to do with anything else? Yeah, it feels a little disjointed. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, but but it all has the same. It all has that same feeling to it, which is it's a guy who's, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl, trying to get but it's away. a person trying to get away from something, but also just trying to like get just also just kind of be in a place that's comfortable. Right. So like every verse is kind of like I'm moving, but I kind of wish I didn't have to move. You know what I mean? Like I really would rather just be like sitting in a bar, like listening to the rain outside. Yeah. Um, but Almost it's like, never it's comfortable. Like, it's, it's that, yeah. that, that, that classic thing. Like, and they all have it loser deal. You know, yeah. they, they all have this kind of like that. And I guess it's just a very Western feel in general, just kind of like the outcast, like the the guy who's a little out of sorts, not outcast, but you know what I mean? Like the stranger kind of like, right. like you're the stranger. This guy is clearly a stranger wherever he is right here. I mean, you know what I mean? It just has that. Yes. And the, why don't you arrest me? is kind of like, I just want to stop. If you arrest me, then I can rest. And, and you know, like I can just be done and like chill for a minute. That, that, right. that's how Cause I he only wants it. to be in the jailhouse until the sun goes down. Right. Just a break. He's about to break. Right. Or just like out of sight during the day because maybe he's hiding from somebody. But um, this is also a break. Right. Same thing. Yep. So it, it just I just love it. Um, it's just descriptive enough to get your imagination going. Like anytime like that line ducked into a bar door, I, I, like I have this image in my head of like somebody wearing like a trench coat, like going into a bar, but like backwards first. You know what I mean? Like looking outside yeah. while they like step backwards into the bar i don't know it's just it's just uh. but you mentioned western before and i was thinking of like literally ducking into like just kind of sneaking into those western like swinging bar doors you know like you just like pop in there and just like saloon yeah the saloon door just like quickly and you can do that real quick and just like and then you're you're gone right you're off the street no one can find you 
Yep. Now we'll talk a little bit about the lore here where that, um, we could save some of it for in between other songs too. Yeah, but I just want to get this out of the way because I think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Which is this idea that there was this large fan, uh, like the machine, not the deadhead, in the Grateful <laughs> Dead's office. That's a joke from the actual book here. That's not my joke. Um, oh, and like if, when the lie. fan was on, like it would like walk across the room because it was like a big like yeah. Fan. I don't know. That's cool. I just think that's a stupid story. And, I, and and the idea that Hunter would like write this about a fan is just crazy. I don't like that. Theory. I don't understand. But wait, I don't, I don't understand what that has to do. How does that have anything to do with it? There's a fan. Okay. And it walks across the room. What? How does that? The fa- oh, the, I left out the most important part. <laughs> the fan was called Bertha. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Right. Yeah. But uh, no, maybe. I don't believe. I refuse to believe it. It's not true. It's much more important than that. But I don't even see how that would. It. it, it but even if it is true, it it inspired something that is it's not true, though. <laughs> but if it were true, <laughs> it inspired something more than its dumb self, right? I mean, it be, it became more than that dumb thing, even if it is true. Like it, that has nothing right. to do with the final product, and then that's the whole. That's, I mean, we're going to probably get into this over and over again, but like the, um, the, uh, what's it called? Like the artist fallacy or whatever it is where, you know, their intention, intentional fallacy, like the, the intention of the artist. And, and I'm sure Hunter would agree with it. Like, you know, who knows? Like I never spoke about anything, but like everything that he wrote was supposed to mean to you, whatever the fuck it meant. It didn't matter what it meant to Hunter. And often he didn't care what it meant to him and he didn't analyze what it meant to him. It just meant whatever it meant at the moment. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like Hunter, if you, if you asked him, he would, he, he would have very strong opinions about what all of the, everything means. I just don't think he would share them with you. Um, really? That would be my opinion. Yep. But I think he, I don't know. I, from what I've, I mean, I, okay, that's fine. But but regardless of that, I I'm a strong believer in intentional fallacy, and I don't give a fuck what the artist meant. And I try to apply that to my own stuff whenever I do art. Like, it doesn't matter. I can't know what it meant. I can't know what I mean, and then I don't expect anyone else to know what I mean. And let's just whatever it means, it means in the moment. So you want to hear what he? The one thing I could find that he actually said about Bertha. Yep. Um. Nice transition. Yep. He said, Bertha, I think, is probably some vaguer connotation of birth, death, and reincarnation. Cycle of existences. Some kind of such nonsense like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, But then again, it might not be. I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, see, that's why I I think that supports my point, though, right? It sure sounds like it does. Yeah. I, th- yep. I think he's the kind of guy that would be like, what the fuck? Like, I don't remember what it meant to me. I'm not going to tell you what it means to you. And I and that's what I feel like. That's like every time you, I, I've seen like brief interviews where he's very hostile to the interviewer. And that's basically what he's saying. You're talking kind about of the one about Dark Star that's in the Long Strange Yeah, trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. and same thing the way that's way Bob Dylan did. Everybody's like, what does this song mean? He's like, it means what the fuck it means. Like, you decide. But and he was, a, he was a, a genuine 
asshole. Yeah, yeah, but but I think he was an asshole because he really felt that way. I think he was an asshole about it because I mean he was an asshole anyway. But but also he strongly believed that the song means whatever it means once it's out there and you decide and that's it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I just can't get over the fact that you, it's. I mean, that you, you just. I mean, we're 45 minutes in and you still haven't asked me what I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get the next version? Okay, and then you can ask me what I'm drinking while we're playing. Um... Okay. So this next version, we're going to jump ahead about three years to March. 75. Because the last version was 72. last version was 71. You were wrong about that. <laughs> this one is March 23rd, 1974. This is the Cow Palace in San Francisco. This is the test show. Wait. I need to tell a story about that first. Sound. The what? first time I was in California <laughs> and I was driving down. I'm going to pour myself some more of my mystery drink while you're telling me the story. The highway. And I saw one of those, you know, the green highway signs. And I saw that place on the green highway sign. And I turned to my girlfriend at the time who I was there to like hang out with. I'm like, what is a cow palaka? <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? And for some reason, I just read cow palaka. <laughs> I didn't see an E at the end. I saw an A or something. So uh-huh. I, for, in my mind, it's always just the cow palaka. <laughs> yeah. Should we, do we need to get into any more deep in that or just <laughs> I don't know what a palaka is, so I can't <laughs> anyway, Cow Palace three twenty three seventy four test show for the wall of sound uh one drummer again, Mickey had not joined the band. he would not join the band till the end of seventy four um yeah. uh Keith here, Donna, we'll see if we hear her mm-hmm. um. And let's uh, hear it. 323.74. I had a hard run. Running from your window. Wow, the vocals are real up front. Really good. Phil feels a little less bouncy, actually. No, no. Oh, that was no. pretty sweet. <laughs> step down there. Just give me the rope a right there yeah i was gonna say yeah they didn't do that when they first started playing at 71 sometime between 71 and 74 they started playing that lick i wasn't able to figure out when it is but once they started doing that i don't think they ever stopped but i love it and i love those early versions of this song but they don't have that lick and i miss that lick when they don't do it To me, it's just so classic. And once they played it once, I'm sure they were like, we can never not play that again. But it's not in the early versions. No, 
I'll just say it. We'll get to it later, but like I'm not hearing a lot of keyboards. <laughs> no, it's piano. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, there it is. I love this '74 feel where everything it's like it's like just 10 beats per minute slower. They just slowed everything down. It's it's a little lazier, but it's just yeah. in that groove. Here comes that leg. Nope, they didn't do it. <laughs> the drums feel a lot more straight ahead here, not as shuffly. straight ahead with the kick. Phil's playing more melodic than bounce. like 50% of the time. Might just be like... I miss it when they don't do it. Might not be conscious, you know, just like, do it or don't. Alright, Bill's lick there with Queen. Yeah, do it again. Yeah, keep doing it. Yeah, it's good. Boom, boom, do, do, do. 
way up there. the end there was awesome that was so cool so i didn't hear really any donna in there um and it was interesting for 74 they did organ last time and we'll we'll get to this later but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah this was of course the charlie brown piano that keith is famous for um wait what do you mean charlie brown piano just like I don't know, just when he when I hear his guitar, it just he has a when he just just he has a stir, certain style that he plays on some songs that to me just sounds very Vince Guaraldi. Oh, okay. We never talked about we never talked about this before. Love Vince Guaraldi. Yeah, me too. Um, and uh, so I, I don't know. It just has like kind of that that feeling to it to me. Um, huh. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because any guitar, any piano I like, because I like so little of it. Um, I just we're, we're gonna, we'll, get, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> but that was so that was seventy four, uh, early seventy four. Um, I didn't think that was a particularly crazy version. I don't. I don't think it was all that great. Well, I mean, I, why did you pick it? I mean, you're going on the basis of some uh, other people's evaluation of. Yeah, these. I mean, I just picked okay. some ones that that were in the in the mix, just being talked yeah. about. You know, yeah, just. Yeah just kind of interesting and we could talk about the wall of sound and what a great technological marvel that was and how they changed live music for every other band in the world because um sound systems sucked before they came along not just not the wall of sound i mean they were improving sound from the very beginning with all the stuff owsley was doing but they were making live music sound good when you, you before you couldn't even hear that like think think about the people would go see these beatles and like the crowd was louder than the band and like that was just how it was it's crazy right. i mean that's the crowd's a different issue but like but the yeah focusing so much on that sound and i mean first of all funding it with like the sale of lsd first of all is interesting and then right. And then, you know, but working simultaneously, working on the microphone technology, the instrument technology, and the amplification technology, and making it all work together was really fucking cool. I mean, just yes. doing all of it simultaneously. They're building the guitars, the bass, the um, the microphone. Uh, like, if you watch that, um, the Grateful Dead movie i don't know if it was this if, if that was part of it but like they had those those double mics where you know the, yep. the the one mic would be for the signal and the other mic would be for the cancellation of the signal i mean like yep. s- sound cancellation at that time like you know bose only came up with that shit you know not that you know not that long ago and and, and the fact that they were doing that noise cancellation stuff by having these these dual mic things and and it was incredible yeah yeah, and and flip it over and think about if you were a sound engineer who was like pushing the envelope of wanting to be like the guy who makes the best equipment of all time and you had to work with and you were just like, okay, I just happen to be this super genius sound engineer um, and I'm just on tour with whatever band I happen to have just randomly hooked up with. And they just happened to have the Grateful Dead as like their test band to go test all the equipment that they were making. I mean, how lucky can you get if you're a? But I don't think that I don't think it was just luck. I think it was they were seeking these people out, and I think that they 
put together a team of people that could do this stuff. I'd love through, to know more about that. Through Owsley and through his efforts to like figure out how to do all. I mean, that guy was smart in his own right and did a lot of cool stuff, but I think he was also, sure. also... I mean, how many willing, people are like chemists, but also electrical engineers? And I mean, artists a- and like all that. Yeah, he like did the... He designed the Steal Your Face, you know? Like that's, that's one of the most iconic, iconic symbols that around the world that people recognize. Although, did he actually draw that final version or was that like a, a concept that Kelly or Mouse pulled together? Uh, I don't know. I but don't know des- the answer to that. He designed it initially and I know that right. much. And I think he might have, I don't, I don't know that he did, that he did the final clean version, but I know that he, he designed the symbol. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Chemist. Uh, electrical engineer, artist, like, yeah, you know, crazy person at the same time. I know that the the dead had a story about him, like, you know, he was paying for their rent, but he would only pay for the rent if they agreed to, like, eat a certain diet. And he he made them all, like, (laughs) eat eat in a certain way. I can't remember if it was vegetarian or, like, I don't know, all meat. One one of the two. (laughs) I don't remember, but, like... Yeah, so he was uh, weird, and they were like, "All right, we'll eat what you say because we were paying our rent." But, um, but yeah, like it, it's it's yeah, that's, yeah. that's some weird, that's some weird like um, dominatrix shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think he was also a control freak. I think he was. I think I think that was part of that that ultimately well, yeah. became the problem with him. I think he his his control over the whole thing, I think, became the problem and why he went away eventually. Well, um, un- l- let me gripe something now that I've uh, uh, long been pissed off about, which is about me. No, you've got these interviews with Jerry, you know, old ones, 70s, all through the 80s, up till his death in the 90s. Like every fucking time for like 40 years, some guy would get a microphone and an opportunity to ask Jerry Garcia a bunch of questions. And they ask him the same fucking questions every time they ask him about Woodstock. They ask him about hate Ashbury in the sixties. They ask him about drugs and sex and the hell's angels. And it's like, that all sounds pretty cool to me though. I got to (laughs) say, but they, that answer hasn't changed since he left hate Ashbury in the mid sixties. Like, this is the motherfucker. He wrote St. Stephen. He wrote Terrapin. He wrote all these amazing, complex, bizarre, like not, from like. I mean, not the like, lyrics, though. Not the lyrics, but all that music. He wrote all that. And how many interviews have you ever heard where somebody's sitting down and asking him his songwriting process? Or yeah. how he practices the guitar or how he comes up with what, you know, how he wants to write or what his routine is with, with regards to music, which is the only thing that you should be asking him about. Everybody knows all that other yeah. shit. Like, why wouldn't you got that guy there? He fucking wrote Terrapin Station. Like, ask him about that. Like. When you think about a guy like Jerry Garcia, do you think him about about him writing like prog rock epics along the lines of like Genesis and and Rush and Yes? But no, but he could write those because he did and he wrote the best one. 
Yeah. Like nobody ever asked about that shit and it drives me crazy. <laughs> okay. I mean, <sighs> yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I um, But what is the answer going to be? Like, how do you do what you we'll do? We'll never know. We'll, we'll never know. Now that's true, but but that might be the reason, like that, and it's also esoteric, and it's also people like you and I who have some experience, limited, granted, in in writing songs and and trying to figure out that process and, and carry out that process ourselves are interested in that and want to know, like we've 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 tasted, glimpsed the the possibility of doing something like that ourselves, and so we care how you would do that. Other people, it's just magic. It's just fucking magic, and anything you say is just gonna be magical you know like it doesn't matter like no wonder he didn't go to the hall of fame induction ceremony because he didn't want to walk down the red carpet and have to answer the same fucking question about lsd 16 times in the in the course of 50 steps it's like nobody would ask well, him anything right. intelligent yeah well that's and, the, and that that again that that we get back to like that the interviewer and the, you know, and, and why Bob Dylan was such an asshole. I mean, that's, just, that's exactly why. I mean, can you imagine Bob Dylan who had that much more uh, exposure rightfully so or not that like, he was just eventually like get the same goddamn question about marijuana and whatever. And what my lyrics mean every goddamn time, who cares? So yeah, I mean, yeah. But he also crazy. seemed to be a real, a real dick when like in that scene with Donovan, when uh, somebody yeah, threw yeah. a bottle. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Really it's like Donovan's a cool guy. He writes cool songs. Like just be cool to a fellow songwriter. Yeah, just mellow. And then finally Donovan's like, I threw the bottle, okay? The bottle. <laughs> everybody knows he didn't throw the bottle. He was in the room with everybody else, but now he's like, I threw the bottle. <laughs> All right, here we go. Up next. Um, let's do it. All right. Next one. Next one. This one is one this this next one is one day after. The last one. The a show from last time. This is five nine seventy-seven. Woo! And I picked this one because it is generally understood to be good from lauded. Lauded from, you know, a week long period in May of seventy seven where some of the greatest tapes um around came from. It's a crispy Betty board, as they call it. Betty Oh yeah. Cantor recorded these and um but I also thought this was a good one to pick because 5977 is the war memorial in Buffalo. Yay. Big venue, big stadium venue. Is it? I've never been. Is it still a place or is it not there anymore? It is not a place, but it it was when I was a kid and it is a uh big stadium. It was. I'm sorry if you keep hearing. That's my door. It just keeps creaking. Tell Call me. Name. Get out of there. No one's in here. Shh. You don't know what my dog's name is. Oh, this has a very different feel to it. Oh, Phil's doing Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you yeah. hear that? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, meandering, just like... Yeah, this has a real... So they're slowing down. 
Nice groove, though. Great groove. This is, of course, on the Travis Bean. Oh. 77 yeah. shows on that weird Travis Bean. Is that with the, like, the head, the headstock had that weird thing in it? Yeah, like aluminum neck thing. Yeah. Uh, a San Francisco guitar maker, apparently. Never heard had of it. Had a T in the headstock, right? Right in it. Right up in there. Back to two drummers. Plenty of Donna. Actually, much better harmonies with her, I gotta say. I don't hate her at all. I don't get it. Well, when she when she yells sometimes at like Sunshine Daydream or some shit, then it gets a little the caterwally. But I guess yeah. so. But they all sucked at singing for the most part, except for Jerry. So why does she get the hate? Yeah, Bobby, Bobby Catterwall just as much. Oh my god, I mean Bobby, Phil. Uh, I mean, come on. And you're gonna pick on even um, Big Pen, guy from the Tubes, Vince. Oh yeah, I love his voice. <laughs> guy from the Tubes. <laughs> yeah, he was in the Tubes, right? Yeah, he was. But you know, Cut out, cut me out, cut that out. Let me sing. <laughs> Don't be funny. No way. Yeah, this is a very meandering feel to it. I like it. Yeah, Bill, I just love the bass in '77. The the how the bass is so uh, isolated in the mix. It's great. That's what I said. what Jerry wants to do with it. Hear that, that, the bring and the piano. You're lost. I mean, (laughs) Jerry's touch. Yeah, this one's more subtle. It's so light. Jerry, it's just such a light touch, and he and he sometimes he hits a lot of like fluff notes because they're like they're not fretted enough. Like that happens a, de- a fair amount. Like it's just not even fretted enough because he's just so delicate because he knows what he wants to do. This is not a guy just noodling around, running up and down scales like people think he is, man. I mean this, I mean. Do people think that? People don't know anything. I think, I think he's, you know that thing where you, do you ever try to like sing along with the notes you're playing when you're playing? I can't do that. Yeah, well, that, I think he can. I think like, oh, for sure. Every note he's playing is an intentional, it's not, some of it is going to be muscle memory. Some of it's going to be a chord, I mean, a scale that you know, whatever, but I thought you were going to start talking about Jerry's core. The core of his being. <laughs> Not like his actual core. Like he does crunches. No. Cut that out too. <laughs> <laughs> Cut out his core. I like the drum here too. 
it's, it, it's got to be hard to be this laid back and just stay right in the pocket with, with two, two drummers. drummers like that. Yeah. Well, at least, I mean, just thank God Mickey didn't pick up the cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> or the gong. I wouldn't mind ending the song with a nice gong. That Alembic made that sound. The where it was like a little lower end there and a little bit like yeah, like the open string sound. Yeah, a little it's like growly almost. What a Bobby on the one too. Yep. Bobby still had it. Still had it here. For sure. I mean, I think this was his peak. I mean, his, his, what he was adding to the whole thing with his rhythm really is, is at peak. That, that's why the band was firing on all cylinders because Phil was dropping incredible bombs. He was so isolated in the mix. Bobby was a little more upfront and just in doing incredible rhythm. That's why these. So people tame. love these 77s, but I, I think yeah. I, I, I think in 73 and 74, Bobby was still doing it just as interesting stuff. And with one drummer, they were a lot more nimble. But he wasn't out as upfront in the mix. Um, I think it depends on the show. True. I, I mean, a lot of what I'm listening to is the Dick's picks or the Dave's picks, and those are mastered pretty good. Yeah. doing it anymore account. That was too. On the other songs, I don't know how many we did, but... Um, I think that sounds like that was about to be a gazenta, and I'm going to say, I want to say in my head, I heard it go. So I I would like to look and see, could it possibly be a good lovin'? Oh, yeah. I could could see that. Let's see. Is gazenta Yiddish? (laughs) Yeah. It's Yiddish for um, segue. Oh, it is. It's good loving. You nailed it. It is. It's good loving. It just felt right. All right. Anyway, um, so one left, and and I have to say, I'm I'm really interested to hear this because of I don't spend a lot of time. Obviously, these are going in chronological order, and we're up to the '80s, and I don't spend a yeah. lot of time listening to '80s shows, especially late '80s shows, but. I was so surprised at um, when we really listened to the 80s show on the last episode. Yeah. It really shocked me. It was to me, it was very clear that he was 
had gone back to playing in that song in the style that from like that late sixties and it had changed so much and he had just gone right back to it. And I, and I just found that so interesting. So I'm, but his I'm really, vocals are very different, very different. Papa it's Papa Jerry. He's full Papa Jerry at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it also, that really worked for that song. Did. I think it really works for this song too, because again, he's like a weary guy and is just like, Bertha, like, don't come around. Leave me alone. I've been running, running, running. Like I, I'd rather I, I'd be okay being in jail yeah. rather than what I'm doing right now. Right. Um. So again, the voice I think works. But uh, let's find out. Ten twenty three eighty nine, and this one is Charlotte Coliseum. So a little North Carolina for those of you out there in North Carolina. Everyone gets a little love. I mean. We don't know that? anybody there. Did you hear that? Yeah. Sounds like Morgan. Sounds like an organ. <laughs> the lounge music mm-hmm. for the lizards. Obviously, I didn't edit these at all. No, as well we you shouldn't. Oh, there you go. Pick up the energy. Mm-hmm. This is weird for being older and later. Oh, yeah. Whee! Again, going back to the roots. Uh, start with organ, finish off with organ. Bobby on the wah, the whammy. Jerry's reaching a little bit more for those uh, higher vocals. Yeah. But all the energy in the world, man. Yeah. This is back to like the '71 sort of like energy. Really throwing it back. It's just it just has such a different aesthetic sonically that it, it just sounds very '80s to me, right? But it. But the feel is like they started out with. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this. The last songs, these last songs, I'm really enjoying. Like, really giving them a listen. Although, of course, we're talking over the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) But partly because it's new, though, right? Like, we don't spend a lot of time on that stuff. Yep, that too. Listen Listen to the crazy shit that Bobby's playing. I don't know, I just hear the organ. Keep playing that. Wee wee! Nope, that's your organ. <laughs> Here? Oh yeah, yeah. Crazy! I love that whammy bar shit. Yeah, he's probably playing on like a... Pink Ibanez Superstrat. Yeah. Tiny, tiny jean shorts. He's like Kevin Shields from My Bloody Valentine. For my shoegaze heads out there. <laughs> Here we go. It 
Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. Adding so much. Bobby really, I feel like, propelled the band a lot in the 80s as Jerry lost some of his energy, you know. Although Jerry doesn't sound like he lost anything here. I believe this is Wolf again. They brought Wolf out of hiatus to practice the MIDI stuff. And I believe that this fall 1989 tour was Wolf. Was he playing Rose a lot then? Uh, he started playing Rosebud the next year, next tour, 1990. But if it's not Wolf, it's Tiger. But I, I can't tell the difference. No, same guy, right? Yes. Did the same guy make Rosebud? Uh, Rosebud, yes. Really? I thought somebody different. No, Cripe made the last one. Cripe made the Steal Your Face one. There's that lick. The lick is back. Lick it up. Who's on? Is this uh, Brent at this point? Yep. I really like Brent's organ playing. I gotta say, his harmonies are good. Listen to him yeah. in the background. Uh, yeah. Listen to the chorus. No, no, no. Why don't you me? Nope. You don't like that? Nope. Alright. It was a little bit. Nope. Listen to the guitar, though. Let Jerry fucking sing the goddamn song, Brent. <laughs> Nope. Here's the lick. The lick is back every time. Love the lick. Let's see if we'll get another solo. Brent just always sounds like a cartoon vocalist to me. You're just taking a shit. Jerry's voice is still so good. It's every note. Brent just sounds like the cartoon of a racist cat in a uh, zoot suit to me. Yes, you is. Yes, you is, baby. Those whole Tom and Jerry heads out there. <laughs> How many animals? Any more? Three.
seven. This is the fifth song in the set. All right. And then they go into when I paint my masterpiece, apparently, because this is they had to trade every other song. So. Um, so what did you think about that? That last one. Let's talk about the last one first, and then we can talk about what we felt about everything. But um, I liked that they went back to the feel of the um, early thing and like really brought up the energy again. I really liked Brent's keyboards. I really hated Brent's vocals. Um, <laughs> but that's just me. I always do generally. Um, uh, yeah. So I really like the energy. Yeah. For me, that I feel like if they could somehow, I don't know how they were recording stuff or if it just has to do with the digital and all the MIDI that was going on or what, but even soundboards from the eighties and even starting in like 78 or something, I don't know what it was. 79, especially there's just a different aesthetic. It's a little crisp, overly uh, high end. Yeah. It's and crackly like, in a way. And, yeah. and I just, it's, um, I don't know. I just don't, I don't love it. I don't love the aesthetic of any of those tapes. Um, I mean, no. I can hear things and really like it. Like without a net is one of the very first CDs, Grateful Dead CDs I ever got my hands on. And that's um, all that, um, the Branford. Um, oh, Branford Marcellus. Yeah. Yeah. So he's that eyes of the world and bird song that he's on. Which are great. And that's fine. I mean, yeah. that was just a classic show, but, uh, and that yeah. one, that one sounds good to me, but, um, I don't think it's super digital, is it though? I don't think I don't I don't I'm I don't I'm not gonna say that it's an analog versus versus digital thing. I think part of it probably has to do with, you know, the more pedals Jerry put between his guitar and the amps, you know, it just degrades a little bit and the stuff that I love the most is almost just yeah. him plugging into Fender Twins or whatever it was he was playing. Yeah. Um just ripping. Um so but there's just something about the quality of those tapes that, and I don't, is it just, there's just so many people up there that they're just sharing so much of the signal because there's like two drummers and a keyboardist and. No, I no it's, it's the way they're, it's the, the process of recording that was the problem more than the people I feel like. Well, whatever it is, I don't know who was doing the recording in the 73 and 74 and all that stuff, but those oh, it's incredible. Yeah. That stuff just sounds just so perfect to me. I mean, for me, I love the 77 stuff just because Phil is so isolated and he's so upfront and he's mm -hmm. just an instrumental part in driving. I think both musically and um, sonically on the recordings, Phil is driving a lot of what's going on in, in like 77, especially. So overall, Bertha came around in 71. They played it up till the very end. They have 95. Um, once it was around, it never really left. Um, I think that there were times when they didn't play it as much. Apparently, when they first started out, um, so we heard the April 71 show. It, it debuted in February of 71, so it was only two months old when we heard it. Yeah. Um, but apparently what, one thing I was interesting to read was that they, they, they debuted it. They played it like every show for like the next three or four shows, um, which I thought was just, it just never occurred to me that they would do that, that they would play. That's cool. I mean, just, well, I guess they're trying to just get it right. Mm -hmm. Get it out there. Work it out. 
Uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But overall, like uh, before we did this, was was Bertha one of the shows that you like loved? Songs? Did did you love Bertha? Did you like Bertha? Did you not really know Bertha all that well? Like what what what, what were your thoughts on Bertha coming in and like how has it changed? I know I know it very well. It is not one of my favorites. It is not one of my least favorites. I like it. I am more into things that are not as bouncy. I mean, well, it's not even the bounce to it. I, I think it, I think it's more the that it as a song. I like it as a song. The songwriting is solid. the The lyrics are solid. I really like it for that. But um, but for me, I always prefer things that have more of a uh, a a jam. Either either it has more of a jam or it's a little more weird and psychedelic sounding is what I'm usually looking for. And this mm-hmm. is just so um, it's more straight ahead and it doesn't really launch any jams as we heard. I mean, there weren't really jams there. No, there weren't. It, and it's, 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 it's like the, their like style of like, it's like the Chuck Berry rock and roll grateful. It, oh fuck man. That when I, when I said like, fuck it, never mind. I was about to say something and he played a lick that was super Chuck Berry. And mm-hmm. I meant to say that. And I, and I, and I couldn't think of Chuck Berry's name <laughs> for whatever yeah. fucking reason. But, no, but I agree. Yep. I agree because yeah. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. With the, I agree with what I said. I was going to say it and I couldn't fucking think of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so for me, I love the song. I love the uh, the songwriting. I love the lyrics. It's just, it's not something I I wouldn't do the thing like you said where I'm going to hear. For me, I mean, we can. You know, this is going to be a theme all along. I mean, you're picking the songs, and that's cool. But um, for me, like, it's not a seminal like dead tune that 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 for me is where I that I would look for and say okay do I want to listen to this show let me listen to a little bit of Bertha to see if this is a show I want to listen to that's not the song that I would go to mm-hmm. I hear you I hear you different strokes but for me I love it because uh, I'm always a sucker for like two chord songs um yeah, this me is, too. Actually, this is like just like a you know, this is like GC GC or I don't know if it's EAEA, whatever it is, but it, which you would think would lend itself more to a jam, right? But it doesn't. No, you're you're right, you're right. But th- just like with Fish, there's just some songs that I love, and they never jam them out, but they're just really well written, and the solo is always like tight and lyrical and hits the the melody and it's just and it's like the you know in fish fans they call it the type one jam yep and this is always a type one but it's just super tight because it has that kind of because it's those two chords it has like that he can do like his bluegrass style of soloing which i love like that's one of my favorite things when he's doing that when he's yeah, hitting he's I like that too. all over the place with those bluegrass licks bending everything in sight but um hitting all the 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 melody notes on the right you know it's it just he feel like he's like going breakneck speed or just all over the place but you pay attention he's hitting each one of those key notes at the right time and it's just i love it well except in 77 where it was like really laid back yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. but um like i said i don't listen to a lot of 77 so when i'm listening to it it's um i like 72 birth i love like 
that 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 style of stuff. So I mean, I, I just um, I don't know. Uh, it just always gets me moving. It's like a perfect to me. It's it's not a set two song. Obviously, it's a first set song. Yeah. Um, but like for me, what I look for in a first set is like not too much pressure, not too much. Um, don't try to go too crazy. Like just give me something that you know. Um, I is because the other thing is it's so simple and it's so short, but the solo is always so different. Like every single one of those, even just how he started it. Remember that one he went, <laughs> he went all the yeah. way up, and then another one he kind of like went up, like you know, like up and down, like the loping kind of lassoing, like the notes that he does, and um, they were all so different, and it's super short, but they're I don't know, I just love that. We need a drop for um keyboard corner probably just get like some clip of that guy from the tubes (laughs) (laughs) seriously keyboard corner i think is relevant because i think that is the thing that changed in the dead the most right i mean throughout the dead you had pig pen you had i mean you know whatever it's like constantine keith uh brent vince um and uh even hornsby hornsby yeah uh how about that name? You ever think about that? His <laughs> no. name is his name is Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> nope. You know I never thought about that. <laughs> wow, poor guy. Yeah, and he plays the accordion. Does he? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He I, when I saw him play one time with with the Dead at the Spectrum, he only played the accordion. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. He 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 doesn't play it in the weird. He doesn't play a polka style, but he does play the accordion. And his name is Bruce Hornsby, <laughs> famous accordion player. Can you imagine the dead with Weird Ale? Oh man, I would have loved to seen that. I mean, I can imagine Jerry hanging out with Weird Al and having a lot of laughs. Yeah. But no, I can't I imagine them playing together. Love Weird Al, and I can. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you and um. I know two guys who love Weird Al. Uh-huh. You? Uh-huh. And Gold Name. <laughs> <laughs> I really do love Weird Al, and I saw him for the first time this summer, and it was fucking incredible. It was That's the first time? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I, I you know, I had like his Weird Al in 3D album LP when I was 13 and, and like it moved me. But like until my kids got into it, like I never really thought about seeing him live. I was just all about like the recordings, but um, he was incredible. And it was like a hundred degrees out, and he still wore like the Devo fucking like uni suit and oh, funny. sweat his ass. The off. Lady Gaga stuff. Oh yeah, it was crazy. Um, anyway, um, no, he's great, and I love, I love, love, love all his stuff. We listen to it all the time. Yeah, my son called name loves it, <laughs> and um, they're all so funny. The we just listened to the um, party in the CIA yeah, yeah. the other day. Miley Cyrus, yeah. yeah, that one is so funny. But <laughs> the best one he's never topped it to me is another one rides the bus. Yeah, that is so funny and he recorded it like in a broom closet like and with the farty hand sounds the fart. <laughs> that is the best fart it's so funny and it's hey i'm gonna sit by you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is 
hilarious. The Brady Bunch, you know that one to um, the safety dance. Um, I, I, actually, I actually do not. I'm not familiar with that one. Good lord, dude! As soon as we're done with this, or, or tomorrow when called names up, play that one. Play safety dance first, and then play Brady Bunch. It's safety dance, and then eventually he takes the rhythm uh, and the lyrics of safety dance and puts in all the lyrics to the Brady Bunch theme song and it's fucking genius. It's a story of a lovely lady. (laughs) It's like that. It's fucking fucking incredible. But everything that leads up to that, you're not expecting and then bam and it's fucking genius. I've never... never, Uh, That's funny. Yeah. Um, I love um, Amish Paradise. That one is so funny. This is supposed to be keyboard. I look at at my wife and realize she's (laughs) She's very very plain. plain. (laughs) I mean, oh, so funny. I mean, Weird He's Al really being funny. an accordion player in, in Keyboard Corner is, is appropriate. But yes. that being said, so they go from the 71 show. I mean, 72. Right. That had just classic <laughs> pig pen. Pig pen. 71. Classic pig Oregon, pen. Again, 72. Yep. 72. Uh-huh. And then they go. 71. 72. And then they go. <laughs> The next two were Keith. It's we had all, 74 and 77. It's, and then it's all piano, which I do not piano. love. I do not love. I do not he love. didn't just play the piano because remember the last time we were, we were listening to that show and there were either there were either two <laughs> keyboards or he had two arms and was playing one with each. <laughs> um, but no, he. I, when I picture Keith, I picture that giant grand piano with the giant steal your face yeah, yeah. draped over it. Yep. And he's wearing like he looks like Jesus sitting at the piano in like in a does. white suit. Yeah, I picture him in a white suit. Did that ever happen? I don't know. That's how okay. I picture him. Okay, but then Brent, I think honestly, I picture him with a Rolex and a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, and his dirty, <laughs> dirty beard. So gross. <laughs> can you, can you, what do you think his beard smelled like? <laughs> Cocaine. <laughs> Heroin. Um, that's sad. Does this beer smell like cocaine to you? <laughs> um, but, but honestly, out of all the shows, keyboards, I'm gonna say the last one with Brent. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's that's why I feel like when when I'm listening to these now and I'm just really focusing on the music instead of just like hearing what it sounds like all together. But when I'm trying to like dig down on what each person's doing. These these eighty nine and the the other eighty show I forget what year the other one was from eighty seven I mean, maybe eighty seven it's all great yeah but when you put it all together there's something about the aesthetics I just can't dig but I feel like it's holding me back from like really getting into some good stuff no it's 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 the recording it's the equipment they were using they were just too clean it's not it, it I I feel like the 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 cleanness of the the cleanliness of the well didn't jerry at some point start playing through like boss pedals yeah yeah like he had like no, a we were DS talking about that last time yeah you said that last time and 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 yeah that's just not that's where i heard it <laughs> from you yeah you, from, i heard it from me you last time heard it from a friend who hmm. cut that out is it still keyboard corner yeah okay um can we talk about typewriters real quick? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know that song by uh, Olivia Tremor Control where they have like a bunch of different typewriters? Nope. All right. Well, you should listen to that. But I know the typewriter guy from Hey Steve. 
Is that a uh, Homestar Runner thing? Yeah. <laughs> Remember that typewriter guy? No. From in the Hey Steve cartoons? Hey Steve. <laughs> I know Hey Steve, but I don't remember a typewriter. I thought there was a typewriter guy. Oh, no, wait. No, that was a wheel, there was a wheelchair guy. The typewriter guy was the guy from Sesame Street. I'm confusing <laughs> oh. two things. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, so, here we are. Yeah. Almost two hours in. No, the 140 is different than two hours. But anyway. An hour and 40 minutes in. Yeah. You're going to ask me what I'm drinking? <laughs> Um, so, but I, you know, how do you feel about this song? Like, why does it, why, why does it move you? Cause I don't, I don't, I, I'm identify with the lyrics and it gets my head going. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. I can never have that come on without starting nodding my head. I, I just got, it just gets me going. It just feels happy. It feels very like joyous to me, even though I know all the other stuff we talked about, the guys uncomfortable, whatever it is. It just is fun and happy and joyous. You just want to dance. Yeah. And I don't even want to dance. I just want to like just smile and nod my head along with the beat. It's just so, just so pleasant. I mean, you're not a good dancer, but. I'm, I'm not a good break dancer. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking of. Hmm. Um, so I just, I just, it's just, I just like it. It just makes me happy to listen to. I mean, and yeah. that's really what I guess a lot of this comes to. I mean, it gives me some emotion. Like a lot of the dead stuff I like to listen to, it's not it's not joy that I feel. It's like 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 last you know, with um Morning Dew. Morning Dew. That I wouldn't say that was like joyous, but it was no. revelatory. Yes. The solos and still very, very emotional. Um, but this, the emotion, it's still it's as emotional to me, but it's just pure joy. Love it. All right. Well, that's it. So unless there's anything you want to ask me. Um, uh, you're not going to tell me what we're doing next time. So I, you know, it's a nope. secret what the song is. So no, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, uh, until next time, vermouth. Damn it. Uh, see you on Codenames.